in this week's show, we talk to Yes Mosgard of the Mosgard Distillery in Denmark. And he tells us all about their range of organic single malts. And Dave, try some. I do. I didn't because I drank all my samples before we did the interview. Classic. All Ken. will be explained. All the special time. <laughs> Can't be bad. As always, you can double tap or immediately scroll past a feast of extra content on our social media platforms at Whiskey and Things Podcast on Instagram and at Whiskey and Things on Facebook and that there Twitter. And it would help us out if you rate, review and subscribe on your podcast platforms that you desire. Desire. Or why not purchase some Whiskey and Things merch from whiskeyandthings.com. You're listening to Whiskey and Things with Nick Kent and Dave Giles. Welcome to Whiskey and Things. I'm Dave Giles. And I'm Nick Kent. Episode 90, everyone. 9-0. Is that what this is? Oh, yeah. You've written it there and everything. Oh, wow. Mad, isn't it? That's crazy. Yeah. How are you, David? Not too bad. How are you, Nicholas? I'm okay, David. Do you know what I have just noticed? You are wearing a red top and you've got your lights white. Yes. The, the I'm glad you noticed. of Denmark. I know you normally do these things and I don't normally notice. Well, thank you for noticing. Yes. I nearly changed earlier, but then I thought, hey, it's red and the white light. No. It's nice when, when you notice, Dave. It's so <laughs> I, rare. Feel, I feel seen. I feel so seen right now. It's so rare. So, yeah, Don't make I'm wearing any effort anymore. I'm wearing all black. Now you're seeing that <laughs> other podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, Dave, Dave um, looks like uh, <laughs> like death because he looks like uh, he's he's wearing a black uh, hoodie. And earlier he wasn't wearing a hat. <laughs> I don't think, were you? So he looked a bit I like wasn't. death from uh, Bill and Ted, bogus journey. I didn't have my light on very bright, so all you saw was a floating head. Yes, it was a floating head, yeah, everyone. Some people yeah, like a go. floating head, but that's for another time. <laughs> anyway, let's get straight in. We'll, we'll do some any other business later, I'm sure. But this week, we're joined by Yes Mosgard. Now, that is spelled J-E-S, Jess, right? That's how we would say that in this country. But in Denmark, it's Yes. So we're going to call him Yes, even though he does answer to Jess. If you see him around and about, he'll answer to Jess uh, because he knows that if he introduces himself as Yes... In England, that might cause him some problems. What's your name? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes, what's your name? Yes. yes, what's your name? Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, he made us laugh when he told told us that before uh, before we started this interview. Yes. <laughs> Stop it. It's rude. You can't <laughs> make those kind of jokes. That was by accident. <laughs> Apologies, yes. I know. Well, anyway, <laughs> yes founded Mosgard back in 2015. Uh, with his wife Gita, and they produce organic single malts um, in a variety, in a variety of cask finishes, which Dave tries all of them. Oh, not all of them, but four of them, and we'll get into that. And yeah. he's a lovely fella. We had a lovely little chat, and uh, yeah, let's listen to it. We just finished. Uh, it was great. Absolutely. Yes, Mosgard. Welcome to Whiskey and Things. How are you today? Well, thank you. I'm fine. Just uh, turned off the uh, stills at the distillery, so I'm ready for you. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm a that's big a, fan of that. Imagine that. Most jobs, it's I've sent my last emails. I've just put the cat out. Yeah. Something like that. Now I've just uh, you know, done the stills. Now I'm back. Now I'm back. Here we go. Um, I've never actually properly looked at Denmark on a map until today. I'm not going to lie. 
It's an amazing really? country. Yeah, like not properly like centered in. You know, you look at Europe and you look at bits and pieces, but today it's, it's just like... Bit, yeah, yeah. Okay, I understand. It's, it's an amazing country. It's like so many yes. islands and all kinds of things. Whereabouts are you? Tell our listeners. Well, Denmark is the uh, small, irritating appendix on top of Europe. And... Um, <laughs> We're in the middle of uh, in, in the middle of Denmark. There's a small island called Funen in the middle of Denmark, and uh, on the uh, south side of uh, Funen, that's where the uh, distillery is. And uh, the reason for being there is actually because of the water quality. When we started the uh, distillery uh, six years ago, we um, actually moved from the mainland, Jutland, to Funen because um, the water quality is, is very good for making the uh, type of whiskey that I prefer and that I wanted to produce. Right. I'll tell our listeners, you were kind enough to invite a bunch of people to like an online tasting a few weeks ago, which I went along to. And it was great. It was, gave us a tour of the distillery and we had some samples and stuff. And one thing you did say during that was that hard water equals soft whiskey yeah. and soft water equals hard whiskey. Can you explain yeah. what that means? And um, does that still make a difference with today's filtration techniques, etc. as well? Well, you don't you don't filter the water when you do the actual uh, the, the, the brewing. So um, so it's it's mainly in the brewing process that the water quality is is is, uh, is, is quite important. Water quality actually make quite a, a, a quite a huge impact to the uh, the quality of whiskey, like it does for coffee, for example. And the uh, hot water makes soft whiskey. Soft water makes hot whiskey. Is a saying from Scotland. So it's the typical difference between Highland whiskey and Lowland whiskey, where you have two different types of water. And the uh, south side of Funen, where we have the Distillery is a very rich. Uh, it's, it's an island with very rich soil, so it gives a lot of minerals in the water, and that uh, gives us extremely hot water. Not only uh, with, with, uh, with chalk, but also a lot of different uh, minerals uh, that gives us this soft taste in the whiskey that I prefer. Wow, I didn't know that about Scotch whiskey. Well, thank you for educating oh, me on that one. Yeah, well, great. That Dane can learn you something. <laughs> Yeah. So even with the filtration and the regulations in terms of that, that still comes through, does it? Yeah. I, I think if you um, uh, if you look at the bottling process <coughs> where you might have to uh, dilute your whiskey, um, you have to use either spring water or distilled water or something like that so you don't have any minerals in it. Because if you have a lot of minerals in the water that you use for diluting your whiskey, if you dilute it into the into the bottle, um, the you actually have a, a crystallization of the minerals. So after a couple of months, you would see uh, the minerals going into the bottom of the uh, of the bottle. It, of course, it's not dangerous, but uh, it doesn't look nice to have uh, debris in your bottle. But during the brewing process, it's important for me to have a lot of minerals in the uh, in the water that we use in the brewing process. I'm learning so much right now. Yeah, we were, what, three minutes in? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, right? This is amazing. Thank you very much for sharing this. Um, Nick, I'm going to um, join you on some ignorance. You may not have looked at Denmark on a map much before, but the only things I knew that had come out of uh, of Denmark was bacon and Lego. Oh. (laughs) So I'm, I'm really excited about trying something else from Denmark. I'm sure... I've had other things from Denmark. I just haven't been aware of it. Apparently, the Danish wasn't even yeah. there. That's from Austria, apparently. You're blowing my mind now. But funny about that, because I went to Vienna trying to get Viennese well. You know, like you can buy over here. Yeah. Couldn't get one in Vienna at all. So what's that all about? Anyway. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, anyway. whiskey. Um, yes. <laughs> Um, tell us a bit about your background. When did you develop your love for whiskey, and why did you decide to start your own distillery? 
Well, I had a lot of um, a love for whiskey for uh, for many years, and actually had an interest in um, um, how do you get the flavor and taste into uh, beer and wine and spirits and so on. Uh, so it's been a kind of a background interest for me. Of background, I'm an, uh, an engineer, an audio engineer. I've been working with the audio industry for 25 years and uh, been developing uh, speaker systems and so on for uh, different companies, started up a couple of companies as well. And uh, back in uh, in 15, um, I was, I've been co-founder of a company where we did um, uh, uh, airplane speakers. We sold it off to a, uh, a Chinese company. And uh, while uh, living in Beijing, I thought, uh, well, this was it. I uh, made my last uh, loudspeaker and I wanted, wanted to do something completely different and challenge myself on something new. And I've um, uh, been brewing and distilling for, for some years uh, on a hobby basis. And I asked my wife, why shouldn't we start a distillery? And um, she demanded a business plan and I made that and she approved it. And that was the uh, end of the audio career for me. Wow. That's, that's so, what we need to do, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> start the stealing yeah. the end of our audio careers there you go Dave and I are both musicians if, if yeah you... I can see that you have some uh, instruments in the background and um, yes so, we have uh, a fair few speakers too so we know you're, uh, <laughs> you're getting on that um, I'm just going to ask you a question which I'm not going to lie I'm now stealing from somebody from the tasting the other day I couldn't remember who it was apologies I will try and find out but he asked whether or not you've looked into from your speaker background the kind of sonic treatment of of aging casks like mm. the the blackened whiskies, and I think Mictors do it in the states. I think it's Mictors. We've talked about this before, Dave. I can't remember. Basically, during the maturation, pump in a, a room full of noise and to agitate the casks. Is that anything you've looked at? I've looked at it, yes. And um, some people are actually doing it. Some people are claiming that they can make um, sonic reactors where they can age whiskey in uh, uh, two weeks or something. And uh, of course, you can actually do something because. Uh, if you, um, um, you you could put uh, sonic transducers onto the casks and uh, induce ultrasonic sounds into it, and actually, if you have the uh, the cells of the oak maturated with the whiskey, yeah, they would simply explode, and um, and and that would release a lot of uh, of flavor. Um, but also, unfortunately, um, it would also release some uh, unwanted. Um, natural tastings like uh, uh, rubbing alcohol. So we have a bit of the uh, taste of burnt rubber in all of these accelerated uh, aging experiments. But of course, with my background, I've been looking into it and been trying it out, but nothing, nothing beats the actual uh, uh, natural aging that happens in cask. Of course, you can accelerate it a bit by using smaller casks like we do. But the aeration that you have in um, the where the oxygen actually slowly burns down the whiskey and then releases a lot of uh, um, complex uh, flavor compounds is something that you cannot uh, recreate in two weeks. Yeah, this this leads me to another question. Actually, obviously, that's combining your two careers. But are there other similarities between the two careers? Um, I imagine that engineering a speaker is. Uh, I mean, obviously you're, you're making something completely different, but is there something in your head which sees them as being similar kind of beasts in terms of creation? Um, actually, yeah, because um, if you want to um, create a, uh, a harmonic sound picture, you need to have some kind of uh, quality over the uh, frequency range, uh, maybe uh, emphasis on some end or the other end, but um, you need to have some kind of harmony. Um, 
to make it uh, sound the way that you prefer. So um, actually creating that is, is something, I found a lot of similarities in the way that you develop taste and the way that you actually listen to music and when you try to, uh, I'm not I'm not actually performing music, but I've only been uh, working on recreating music. And I always had an idea that um, uh, the speakers from my hand, uh, I have an idea on how to recreate music. And you should, always, you should always be able to hear that a speaker was from me because I have a, a specific way of thinking how to recreate music and uh, the same way for um, for taste so um, i have a specific um, preference of taste that i want to put forward and the balance in the taste is something that i work in and of course if you um, if you make speakers you can you can focus on one area at a time and fine tune uh, one area of the of the speaker uh, frequency range and, and then maybe another the same uh, goes for uh, working with uh, with flavor so there's actually a lot of similarities and the main thing is that you can only touch one area at a time if you try to uh, turn too many handles at the same time you just end up in chaos so some of the things that actually have some similarity yeah i thought that would be the case nick often compares when when we're doing tasting notes he often compares things to to various frequencies he'll be like this is the bottom end and this is the top end and yeah I, I quite quite enjoy that yeah exactly like citric notes were kind of like hi-hats the higher frequency yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah that's why yeah. i kind of see it yeah uh, and you can actually also if you look into it you can actually um um you can um it, it, your, your your tasting or the way that you actually perceive a taste actually also change uh, depending on if you're in noisy areas if you listen to high-pitched music if you listen to some music with a lot of low end and so on it actually affects your noise so uh, or your tasting so to taste and hearing actually um, is, is in some way bound together i mean wow. that doesn't surprise me because of what we've learned about taste nick over the last year so, but yeah so what's the best uh, what's the best music to listen to while you're tasting whiskey <laughs> or frequencies oh, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I think it depends on <laughs> let's talk about your whiskey what about your whiskeys what do you recommend <laughs> <laughs> is there a playlist that goes alongside a tasting session? There should be. No. <laughs> well, actually, if, if I if if I try to um, if, if I try to to do some tasting, some serious tasting, uh, if I try to bring out tasting notes for the whiskey, I um, I prefer to be uh, completely on my own, not disturbed, and in a quiet area, and then also not too much. Uh, uh, light around me so uh, and at around 20 degrees uh, surrounding temperature so in order to uh, actually uh, reduce the background noise in any way so i can concentrate but of course my i, I prefer some um, um some good jazz music if i if i just drink whiskey and enjoy it nice yeah there we go i've heard it here first um, let's talk about recreating tastes, etc. Or maybe not. I don't know. Um, you you designed your own stills, is that right? Correct. Yeah. And you you got three of them, and you uh, you had them hand built in Portugal, is what I picked up the other day. Um, That's right. Yeah. How did you come to the decision of well, what kind of stills you wanted, and what kind of research did you do to come to the obviously it's flavor driven, but what sort of research and development did you do before you decided on those stills? Well, I have a um, I have a kind of mantra that goes into <clears throat> both the gin and the whiskey that we do, and it's um, <clears throat> it's bringing out uh, sweetness, uh, softness, and also um, some fruity notes. 
And um, of course, the softness where we touch that, that's something that comes from the water. The sweetness, well, it comes into the combination of um, of the um, of the barley malt that we use, the way that we do the fermentation and so on. And, uh, and also, um, we use a, a bit uh, darker malt than the typical distiller's malt. So everything is something that brings out a bit of uh, sweetness. And uh, But the fruity notes is something that uh, we bring out during the fermentation. We use a longer fermentation than you typically use in Scotland. We ferment for, uh, for one week. And um, during the first uh, three to four days, we have the uh, the primary fermentation with the uh, sugar that we create from the uh, from the starts in the uh, mashing process is uh, broken down into alcohol. But during the second um, period of the fermentation, we have this esterification where the um, where the yeast cells from the yeast that we use actually uh, starts uh, making esters out of the alcohol that it had created in the primary fermentation. And these esters with the combination we have give us a lot of fruity notes, uh, apples, uh, pears, and ciders. So the mash after the uh, or the wash after the fermentation actually um, is is more like a, like a, it's like a cider. It's something in between uh, wheat beer and cider because there's so many fruity notes into it. And the stills are actually designed to uh, bring out these flu- fruity notes. Uh, what you can do uh, when you distill is that you can uh, design your stills to have a, a very complex uh, reflux. It's only pot stills that we use, so it's a uh, it's a it's a typical. Uh, dual distillation as you use in uh, in Scotland, and um, and you say we have three stills actually because we have uh, two wash stills and one spirit stills all the same size, so we have twice the uh, the volume in the wash still. But the reason for having that is simply because the the ceiling height and the distillery is not that it's not that wide, so so uh, we have to split out the wash stills. But the, uh, the the head and the neck is uh, is designed to give a very complex reflux, and a very complex reflux means that you can have the uh, the alcohol uh, in the vapor phase for a very long time. So you have a um, huge amount of uh, of cleaning effect from the uh, catalytic process that the copper gives you. And the way that we the way that I designed it is actually using some of the same simulation uh, tools that you can. Uh, used for simulating how sound actually propagates. You can also use that for simulating how steam propagates, and uh, that's been used for, for for designing it. So I designed the cells in a way that we can give a very uh, light new spirit, but focus on these uh, fruity notes that we uh, create during fermentation. And that's, uh, that was a, that was a bit of experiment, but it turned out very well. Mm, nice. Yeah, talking about the reflux, like one of the first things I look at for, on a still is does it have an uji, you know, which is the bulge in the neck. And you have rather large ujis, if I may say so. Um, <laughs> so that obviously helps the reflux. Um, exactly. How are you heating your stills? Because one thing I want to get onto is your sustainability credentials and, you know, your organic barley as well. Um, how are you heating those stills? And give us a bit of a background on your, your, your process in terms of uh, achieving that. Yeah, it's um, all of the stills are uh, direct fired with a hundred percent biogas made of uh, uh, biomass. Uh, so um, it's um, well, I, it, it's it's a, it's a question of definition, but mm. it's uh, it's a biogas uh, made from uh, uh, from biomasses uh, and uh, uh, dead animals and everything. What you do, and so it's it, in. Essentially, it's a carbon dioxide neutral, and that's something that we uh, we try also to uh, have a huge focus on the sustainability. Also, all of the uh, 
remains that we have from the uh, primary production. So um, uh, what we have left of the of the barley mass is uh, reused as uh, as food for uh, as it's organic. So it's very popular. It's used for basically uh, sheep and uh, and cattle. And uh, uh, the pot ale we have after distillation is uh, is reused as uh, food for pigs. Uh, it's very popular. It tastes extremely well. Fantastic. Brings bring back that bacon, Nick. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle yeah, there. Uh, it's kind of a uh, Kobe pigs <laughs> when it's feeded <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, is Denmark an environmentally conscious nation as a whole? Yeah, I think we uh, we we uh, we we're trying to um, to put some effort into that, and I think uh, Denmark as such is uh, is world leading in in windmills and so on, and um, and we're trying to uh, to put a lot of focus on uh, um, recycling and uh, also sorting whatever garbage we have in the households and so on and also um, reusing whatever uh, excess heat we have from uh, from companies and so on so so um, i think with all respect we're, we're trying to be world leading in, in that and we're also mm. trying to show what you can actually do to reduce the uh, uh, excess use of resources in in our distillery yeah apparently like in the uk we're looking actually to take on uh, something you guys have been doing actually, which was um, putting like a deposit system on cans and drinks bottles, etc. So when you return, you can buy a drink and they have a little bit of money on top, and you return it and you get that money back, and you know you recycle it. Sorry, so yeah, so that's a, that's a good idea. And twenty twenty four apparently we're meant to be doing that, Dave. Why is it taking so long? This has been in place in many I, places in Europe forever. I don't know. Yeah, well, we have of, we had the, uh, the, the the Danish recycling system for uh, 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 for, for for glass uh, containers from beer and so on for many years, and uh, right now everything also everything uh, plastic containers for for juice and, and soft drinks and so on is also in the recycling system. Yeah, I'm always very impressed when I'm in when I'm in Europe compared to what we do. There always seems streaks ahead on that front, which uh, which doesn't surprise me. You're listening to Whiskey and Things. Shall we, um, should we, should we taste some whiskey? Because I've yet to, you know, I mean, this is, all sounds amazing. Dave's I've thirsty. Yet, I've yet to have any of this. And I've got four wonderful samples in front of me, which I'm hoping yeah. to, to crack open. I'm sorry to say, well, I'm not sorry to say, because I was enjoying <laughs> them so much during your tasting a couple of weeks ago, I finished all my samples. So oh, this I'm evening, I, I can, no, I can give, I'm you, sorry. give you some here. <laughs> 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 it's one of those things I was um, I was planning on saving some for tonight but as we were doing the tasting I don't know I just kept needing another bit and I was enjoying it and then when we started sampling another one I kind of started sniffing the one I just had and I I, f- I was finding all kinds of other new flavours so I was like oh well what about the one before that oh my god there's some more stuff in there as well basically I ended up finishing the lot so <laughs> but I have my notes from that night so uh, and I felt guilty asking for more I finished all the samples please can you send me some more you know no. it was a bit uh, so, so you also know the best combinations. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm we'll sorry. do the PT one last. Yeah, <laughs> the samples, the samples were simply too small. I can think. <laughs> so, uh, well, well, I sent out four different samples, and uh, I think you, you um, don't make me feel bad. <laughs> it's just small samples, so don't worry. Well, we we do some 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 different um, uh, single cask and also some cask experiments, and actually, there's a new cask experiment coming out this week, which is very interesting, and. Um, 
But back to the, uh, we have four different uh, uh, whiskies, actually five, but you only say there's four of them because the, the, the newest one has been completely sold out for the last month or so. Um, so nice. there's, a, there's, a, there's five different whiskies in, uh, in the fixed varieties that we have. Um, there was the unpeated and then we have one uh, peated. And um, we have the Oloroso Sherry cask, uh, which is uh, kind of a, a classical way of actually uh, maturing whiskey the entire period in sherry cask. Um, we have the, um, the the port wine cask here, which is a bit different because I've always been very fond of port cask whiskies. And most of the, most of the port cask whiskies you can find is just cask finishes because the port cask, uh, are, well, they give a lot of effect. Um, so I wanted to see if it was actually possible to uh, make the port cask whiskey that was uh, aged the entire period in port casks. So um, the port casks that we um, built for this, uh, you can see it's, it's very dark and rich. It's actually port casks that are built of two different types of port casks. So I buy old ruby casks and old tawny casks. And then when you have them rebuilt into the smaller casks that we use, um, we use 50% uh, of stage from the ruby and 50% from the tawny. So we have a you have a you have a balance between the um, the fruity notes, um, uh, the lighter notes from the um, from the ruby, and the heavier, sweeter notes from the tawny. And it was um, it was kind of an experiment to see if we could bring it into balance and age something the entire period in port casks. Dave, pour that one. Well, which which number it is it? Lovely. Is that number uh, three? That's number oh. three. <laughs> I remember enjoying it very much. Just pour a bit sip of that. That's amazing. Yeah, so, do you do uh, that yourself with the casks or do you, you have a cooper nearby? No, there are no coopers left in Denmark. So um, all of our casks are built in uh, Spain where there's a lot of uh, uh, cooperages. And um, so uh, we buy the port cask in, uh, in Portugal and have them uh, rebuilt in Spain. So uh, in Spain, you still have a lot of uh, cooperages where they uh, do a lot of uh, uh, casks for, uh, for the sherry industry. But in Denmark, it's, um, it's long gone. Man, this, this smells amazing. We we need a scented candle with this one, Nick. <laughs> Dave loves a scented candle. Um, <laughs> that is beautiful on the nose. We were talking a few weeks ago, weren't we, Dave, whether we try the port cask or whether, well, we were definitely going to try and find one. And then one's just beautifully turned up, Dave. Have we have we established that we haven't tried one? Um, or if we have, properly. we've not been aware of it? We haven't done it on the show. I don't right. Because I love port. Yeah. I'm a big fan of port, so which is probably why I'm enjoying the smell of this because you are getting some of the notes you get from port on the nose, obviously. Yeah, um, if you sit if you sit with, uh, with it for for a while and you actually if you know your port, you can you can actually distinguish uh, both the uh, notes from the ruby and the tawny. And the tawny comes and going and, and in and out and. I got a strong when I was smelling it, a strong caramel on the nose straight off the bat, and mm. on my second round which then meant I then finished the sample. Um, toffee was uh, quite prominent. I know they're quite similar, but, you know, but yeah, they're I think very you'd different. Find a, you, you probably find a lot of um, caramel notes in, uh, in, in all of the whiskies that we do because um, we use uh, direct firing and that gives us a, um, a bit of caramelization uh, in the cells of the uh, uh, tiny amount of uh, residual sugar that you have in the, in the wash after the uh, fermentation. Oh, okay. That's not from the cask. And the sugariness in there. 
No, the, uh, I, I think I think you'll find the, uh, the, the you'll find the notes in the in the new spirit as well. It's it's uh, it's, it's kind of uh, has kind of a sweet sensation to it. So um, I think most of the um, um, most of the caramel notes, the toffee notes, is something that actually comes from the from the stills. Interesting. So it's developing for me over time, which I'm really enjoying. So at, at first, I could really pick out the port, which was lovely. And at first, it reminded me, it took me into a room that has a, pool, a, a freshly felted pool table. I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a room that's ever had a freshly felted. It's a beautiful smell. It's such a beautiful smell. And I was getting elements of that smell, uh, which I was very much enjoying. Um leaving my nose in the glass for a little bit longer i'm getting uh i'm getting pineapple cubes nick you know me love a sweet yeah uh, there's definitely a tropical twist to this towards the end um which i'm very much enjoying it just yeah it does this i i, I don't want to drink it because i'm enjoying smelling it so much <laughs> But I will. We're very like different a, characters, me and Dave. Yeah, we're very different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's actually uh, that's, that's a good thing to hear because uh, for me it's just like that as well. Because uh, the, the better whiskey is, the longer it lasts in the glass because you just um, keep on sniffing it and you don't. You just enjoy sniffing it and you don't want to taste it. That, yes. Sorry, I just had my no. first sip and I just want to say that that is absolutely incredible. Wow, isn't it? I enjoyed yes. that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry, not not your name. It's just I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, you've done it. Yes. This. Oh, yes. Just so many yeses right now. This is incredible. Forty nine percent ABV as well. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. All the ABVs are, are they like? Did you have something you really wanted to set them to, or was it just done on taste? It's done on taste, um, and um, they all different. The two sherry casks are around the. Uh, they're in the uh, 64s and um, this is a bit uh, more intense so it works at a higher ABV and if you look at the uh, the newest one that you haven't tasted the uh, the Palo Cotaro sherry cask that comes out at uh, 53% it's not cask strength but actually where it works at the best so what I typically do is that I end up with a lot of glasses and and, and, and pour it and then I dilute it 1% at a time and see where it opens up and where it actually comes out with the uh, um, with the flavor, with the tasting notes, and um, that I uh, want to bring forward into it. And uh, especially if you look at the uh, Palo Cotaro, um, it opens up at 53. Um, we have a lot of these uh, uh, bitter orange notes, uh, lemongrass um, that you can find in the Palo Cotaro sherry. If you bring it down to 50, 51, it dies completely. And then it opens up again at um, 46, 48, uh, but it comes out with some darker notes. So it's, 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 it's simply a question that I, um, I bottle it at the strength where, I've, where it, it brings forward what I'd like to put emphasis on, uh, where I like people to actually uh, enjoy it. So you can open up most of them with a drop or two of water, but they're actually meant to be uh, drunk at the, uh, at the ABV where they're bottled. This is so good. I'm getting um, black currants and all kinds of lovely fruity notes in there at the front. Obviously, you've got some tannins in there, which I'm a fan mm, of on, in this instance. They're, they're, they're great. Uh, there's a spiciness to it. Definitely getting some spiciness in there. Maybe, maybe some, some apples as well. 
perhaps that's probably coming up from the uh, uh, that's that's coming from the new spirit and right. it's something that um, that you can actually that's also the reason that I'm using uh, the whiskey quite young and it's matured in smaller casks so in the smaller casks you can bring out this intense flavor over a shorter time what the um, what the the fruity notes the esters that you actually have with the apples pears and, and citrus is something that's it's quite vulnerable notes so they're broken down over the years in larger casks so that's the reason for using smaller casks because then you can still uh, keep these uh, fruity notes that I like to uh, uh, to have in my whiskey uh, I wasn't going to buy any more whiskey Nick I wasn't going to buy any more whiskey this year. That has gone into one, possibly are you going to go top. quiet in a minute? You're going to go quiet. Mate, I was, um, um, my hands are hovering over the keyboard. Well, as shall I, I tell you where you can get it and how much it is? Well, or, or poten- <laughs> potentially. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 don't yet. Because maybe I want to try the other ones. Make sure I pick the right, right one. That's gone straight into my top five from this year. But I, I, I don't lovely, know. Where, I don't. I haven't actually got a top five. I haven't. But that's definitely one of the top whiskies I've had this year. Think of how many we've tried. That was really special. Yeah, I remember that one really standing out for me. Very nice. Do you want to try Very. some more, Dave? Do you want to try some more? Oh, yeah, go, go for it. Go for it, of course. We might be going in, uh, in in the wrong direction because we started up with number three and not number one or two. But uh, if, if we should go back to number two and, and you like the tannins, um, there's also a bit of tannins in that one. That's the uh, that's the PX. And um, This was actually, this was my favourite of the four. Um, the port wine one I, I, lo- I loved and it was very unique and I remember really like oh that's a squeak great squeak that's oh. a good squeak yeah and uh, but the PX one I was, I was remembering I think that was the first one I finished um, yeah the PX is actually um, it's um, uh, typically again you cannot mature the entire period in the PX cask it simply became because because the PX sherry cask are so sweet and tense and it can, can become a bit uh, dull on the on the whiskey so uh, what we do here is um that we give it a uh, first aiding in a new french oak and the right. new french oak okay give it it's a virgin french oak uh, so it gives some uh, some spicy tannins and the spicy tannins the tannins can be a bit uh, mouth drying there's a bit of this uh, mouth drying effect that actually balances the sweetness that you have from the px cask so um it's imbalanced, but it's of course it's it's dark and it's intense. Uh, it's a bit of spicy as well, and some people even think there's a bit of smoke into it. But just simply from the PX cast, we have these um, um, burnt figs, um, some heavy leather, and uh, uh, that comes into into the taste of the PX casks. Again, Dave, before I tell you what I got. So on, on the nose, I'm getting like pistachio nuts. Oh. Um, which I'm really enjoying. You can, you can. It, it does have a, a dry. And this is going to sound really silly, perhaps, but it's a dry wood smell. <laughs> which is when you said French oak, virgin French oak. I was like, ah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we have this uh, the spiciness, the, the pepperiness from the uh, from the French oak. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, get deaf pistachio. It's pistachio on the nose for me, all over, and I'm loving that. Um, right, let me try it. Yeah, the nose for me, I was getting kind of furniture polish kind of smell. It's very comforting, yeah. kind of very rich I I knew furniture. you were going to say that. Mm. It's not something that I, that I was going to say, but I was like, Nick's going to say furniture polish. I knew you were going to say that. But it's a comforting smell, and it is very nice. And it doesn't taste it, and it doesn't taste like polish. Before, you know, people might think that. That's not what it is. It's just a note, which is this comforting smell, and it's a bit bit like that. Um, grassy. Grass, um, fresh grass and stuff on the nose as well for me. Um, this is so fresh. I've just had a mm. sip. It's so fresh, isn't it? 
I mean, that's that's just beautiful. Again, um, more of a summery vibe to this one, or a spring vibe, perhaps spring summer vibe. Um, whereas I would say the port wine one was more of a autumn winter vibe. Um, <laughs> there, this is really fr- this is stunning, and that, again, really stunning. It's also something. It's it's uh, of the different whiskies I have. This has always been my favorite, and it's been a in the international competitions, it's been a little bit behind the Oloroso all of the time until this year. I've been developing a bit on the balance between the PX cask and the French oak, and I think I nailed it this year because at the World Whiskey Awards, uh, this was awarded a double gold medal uh, this year. And, um, yeah, and um, actually it was, um, it was the uh, the best uh, Danish single malt this year, so it was the uh, uh, Danish contester in the World Championship of, uh, of Whiskey. And, um, well, we didn't win, but um, that's also okay for a young distillery not doing it. How many um, distilleries are there in Denmark? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I was just about to ask the same thing. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah, want to take um, anything away from your achievements. But, you know, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, how many are we? Uh, well, actually, uh, I think today it's, um, it's around 18 uh, distilleries in Denmark that are doing uh, whiskies. Okay. Uh, or coming up with whiskies in the coming years. And in, uh, in total, I think it's... Um, well, when we started six years ago, there were 14 distilleries in all in Denmark. And today there's probably around 100 distilleries. And uh, most of the distilleries are actually doing uh, gin because it's, it's, it's faster and it's easier getting going. Uh, but um, 18 for sure today is, is coming up or having whiskey in the market already. Wow. Uh, what, that's what, 100. What changed there that might suddenly created this growth? I can't tell you. Um, uh, I wondered if the, <laughs> a law had changed or something like that, because we've seen that in other countries. Well, there were, there were a bit of change because you um, actually, when we started, um, there's been actually uh, until 73, there was a monopoly in Denmark for, uh, it was only the Danish state that was uh, doing uh, 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 spirits in Denmark. Right. Um, when we joined the European Union back in uh, 73, um, they had to um, uh, to lift the monopoly, and uh, nobody started because you have to uh, make a huge uh, uh, deposit for the Danish state for the for the taxes that you were creating for in the distillery, and that has been lower over the time. And I think in um, in in, in uh, when, from we started in 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 fifteen, it was taken down to one tenth of that amount in wow. um, in seventeen, and that really uh, there were a lot of small gin distilleries started up at that time. Yeah, that would make sense for sure, for sure. Um, this this really again these these two are delightful, are absolutely delightful. I'm not sure if I've got a favourite because there's, I mean, there's a characteristic within both of them which is running through them but they're also very different aren't they they're also there's also i, I feel a little bit like the port cast is the is it px i'm drinking now yeah yeah it's the px on on like steroids <laughs> like it's just kind of blown up, up. A, yeah just beefed up like just something more bottom end dave more exactly end. More, more bottom end i think you're right yeah. i think there's more bottom end to, more, to the 50 50 hertz yeah know. definitely on on the port wine i think that's definitely right um be, but the thing is, you don't want fifty hertz, lot of fifty hertz all the time. Sometimes you need to take it away and give your ears a rest. And um, so I don't know if I have a favourite right now, but these are both absolutely stunning. Try the Oloroso, Dave. Oh Why not? My God, don't don't. Well, what don't what number is that? So, so that's number one. Number one. Oh, it's up to you. Oh no, I'd love to. <laughs> You're listening to whiskey and things. We haven't done this before. Or I'm not tasting, and Dave yeah. is. It's quite fun. No, I haven't done this either because this is the um, 
completely wrong direction because we're starting out from the most <laughs> intense whiskey and then we are ending up with the uh, light and uh, uh, elegant uh, Oloroso here. So Nick, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you got more furniture polish on this one. This is that kind of smell again, isn't it? No, I got apple. Um, but the other thing that stood out to me, I got a touch. I got a touch of, Dave, you'll yes. find this amusing, the, uh, the Chardonnay-ness. <laughs> um, I'll fill you in. A few weeks back, we tried um, this Swiss whiskey called Langaton, which is matured mm-hmm. in a Chardonnay cask. And there was, a, there was a, a flavor I didn't like too much in it, which I put down to the Chardonnay cask. Now, I'm picking, picking up a little bit of that note in this, but it's so subtle, it's nice. That's the thing. With this, with the full maturation in a Chardonnay cask, something happened where I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. But I did pick up a bit of that in this, but it's not like an unpleasantness. It's like everything, again, is in balance. You know, <laughs> it's like, there's a note I don't like, but there is. It's nice when it's put together with everything else. Maybe Dave will pick up on that as well. But, um, well, I'm improving my uh, vocabulary in English here because I never heard the expression. <laughs> That's not an sh- English language, just me. <laughs> yeah, d- do not ever use it either. <laughs> do not repeat that. <laughs> do not repeat it. Um, <laughs> on the nose, I, I, I was thinking, this is quite similar to the PX cast. Like, there's, I mean, I think you're, I'm going from one to the next, so perhaps it's tainted a little bit by that. So on the nose, I definitely thought, okay, this is going to be fairly similar to that. Oh, no, not at all. When you then try it, it's completely different. What is that? There's a... There's, nah, no, I've got it. There's a spice it's in there. Anus. It's the Chardonnay-ness. It's the yeah. <laughs> no, there's a well. spiciness in this. Um, oh, what is it? I'm no good with my herbs and spices. I, I'll say the wrong one, which will then give people cloves. I'm getting a load of cloves. Remember when you got uh, an orange and you used to put cloves in it as a, as a Christmas thing? But this doesn't remind me of Christmas, weirdly, but it's it's like that kind of explosion of spiciness as it hits your tongue is amazing. He's finished. He's just, oh just my finished god! It. No, in this fairness, is... I poured half, Nick. I didn't. I didn't go. All, I didn't go all out because I thought yeah. I'd save some for later. And I thought, based on your suggestion, I might want to change the order I do them in. Ah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> you should just work your way back again. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> then you're in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's really wow. Yeah, that's that clove spiciness, citrus vibe, apple on the nose, loads of apple on the nose. You, Nick, Nick was right there. There's an or- or- orchid fruit thing going on as well. Although you've got the, the the citrus, it's it's just fruity as hell. I love it. That, that's amazing. Oh, I don't know which one my favorite is. Oh, yeah. it's yeah, okay. You don't have to choose. I don't. The, you're right. The, I don't have to choose. But I love the fact that they're all so good. Mm. <laughs> like, they're all so good. Thank you. But you are absolutely right because this is the um, this is the most most elegant the. the uh, we're also cast that gives this uh, huge effect as the PX cask of the port cast. So that's really where you have some of the um, uh, sensations from the um, uh, from the new spirit, all of the the fruitiness from the um, from the new spirit is is, is still uh, in in this whiskey, even though it's fully matured. So you can you have all of this uh, apples, pears, and, and and citrus as you mentioned. Yeah, mm. pears. Yes, yes. Just delightful. Um, I'm blown away. I'm actually blown away by how good these three are. Absolutely blown away. That's quite a collection we've got here. Yeah. 
Um, do you want to do the Peters one? I'm just very aware I've got her interview an astronaut in two hours. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It'll make it easier. No, we yeah. don't have to do that then. No, no, it's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll have a little bit. Uh, okay. Okay. Tell us about the Peated release then, please. Well, uh, the, the Peated is um, well, as you can probably see, it's also even though it says it's it's Peated in bourbon cask, it is uh, darker than a, uh, a typical uh, bourbon cask aged uh, Peated whiskey. That's again because we're using the French oak um, to to bring out some balance because the the bourbon cask gives you this um, typical almond vanilla notes that's calms down the, um, uh, the, the, the peated sensation. Whereas if you put it into uh, a French oak, it, it makes the, the peat vibrate a bit and gives us some spiciness. So what you have here is, a, for me, a peat is not um, everything. If it's just peat and some sweetness, it's, it's, it's not interesting. So uh, we have some of the fruity notes here. We have the peatedness and we have some of the spicier notes as well from the French oak. So it's... Um, it's a, it's a full range of sensation that hits you in this one. I think um, that, that that's the way that I like peat, where it's just uh, one of these sensations, not the carrying sensation that you have in your whiskey. Yeah, um, I think I'm the same in that regard. On the nose, I'm not getting much of the peat, which is fine. Uh, maybe I am. But it's, it's very not, delicate. It's, it's very su- yeah. It's very subtle on the, if, if it's there at all on the nose. It's very subtle. Yeah, well, wasn't it subtle? Didn't you say it was twenty to twenty five ppm? Wasn't it? It is. So, yeah. You can actually, if you want some more peat on the nose, you can just open up with a couple of drops of water. And okay. Then it, right. It would open up on the nose, but you still um, um, and that gives you a better balance actually between what I have on the nose and uh, on the palate of uh, my tongue. So um, if, if I drink it, I typically put a bit of water in and dilute it. It's uh, forty eight. Uh, percent ABV. So I think at the if you if you want to have more on the nose, you should reduce it down to forty four, forty five, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I'm fine with not having too much on the nose. I'm just mm. uh, actually this is really nice uh, on the nose for me. I mean, I'm definitely getting almonds. That uh, that almonds thing's really coming through, um, and and a, a hint of vanilla. I'm going to try this now. Oh, there! Oh, wow! It's been a good night for Dave. Well, we'll, we'll see you later. <laughs> That was more peat than I was expecting, actually, yeah. based from the nose. Uh, but again, it balanced in with... Oh, see, this is annoying, isn't it? Because I can see now why, Nick, you finished your samples. <laughs> Be- because it's complex. It's not too complex, but there's there's lots there. There's lots of little things you want to pick out. Yeah, that's the thing. I kept... You know when you, you have a, a glass and you keep sipping smaller and smaller little sips and you're like that's not a proper sip let me put, put it over let me put it over my other side of my tongue see what happens there like yeah you, um, you, like that's not even a proper sample in my mouth so i'm gonna pour the rest and do a proper sample because you keep picking out more things that's what happened to me yeah for, and that's that was a very the, good thing um, yeah this this again for a peat very fresh um getting the cut grass on the on on the on the tongue there which I, i'm enjoying it's very fresh again i think it's really mm. fresh none of these feel as strong as they are either that's nice not that they're not that they're particularly high, but they're all very drinkable, aren't they? <laughs> Clearly, that was my intention, <laughs> at least. <laughs> like you're not getting blown away with 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 ethanol. So, um, oh, any fun. other fun cask expressions? What's the other one you had coming out soon? Well, actually, this week we are we coming out with a um, uh, what we call our cask experiment series. Um, that's the volume two coming out now. We did the the first one uh, last year. And the one coming out this week 
um, that's a um, that's a that's a huge experiment, and it's something that I also think we are obligated to do as a small new distillery because um, we're not bound by any doctrines. We haven't done whiskey for hundreds of years, and so we can also challenge what can whiskey be. So what I've done here is um, uh, it's it's a triple cask aged whiskey coming out, and um, first it's been matured um, uh, in full in uh, small uh, ex bourbon casks. So we have this nice almond vanilla notes. And um, then it's been uh, matured for um, uh, one year in uh, hogsheads. That's um, uh, previously been used at uh, one of the uh, estates in Denmark where they make uh, cherry wine. Um, ah, there, is, yes. there is an old cherry wine um, uh, uh, sort in, or variety in Denmark, um, uh, which is very sour cherry, and they make wine from that. And we have this... Um, we have some of their older casks uh, that's uh, been used for maturing this uh, for one year. So it's been out in one direction, seeking the um, acidity and these uh, uh, bitter uh, marsipan notes from the um, uh, from the cherries, and then to get it back into balance again, it's uh, been giving uh, this final cask finish in Moscatel um, to to bring out some of the sweetness. So we have it in balance, and that one is actually coming out this week. Wonderful, fantastic. Yeah. I'm a fan of that because um, we've actually done on this show, MacMira released a, a, a release by, well, under the Scorpions band's name. And that was uh, matured in cherry wine casks. And I was a big fan oh. of that one. So, yeah, that sounds really, well, I really interesting. You, I hope you'll see the cask experiment in uh, the UK as well. But uh, otherwise, let me know. I'll send you some samples and larger samples than last time. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, these have been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. And yes, thank you. Introducing us. Our first, uh, my first Danish whiskey and absolutely blown my mind. And I like the fact they are unique as well. We, we, Nick and I have had this conversation many times about when you're trying a whiskey from a new region, you want it to have a character. And all of these do have a, a, a character. Um, I, I, I think... It goes back to what you said right at the start about the choice of uh, of the water and, and all those choices you made have all come out within what I've just tasted uh, to create something which is unique to where you're from, mm. but also obviously tips its hat to what's gone, wh- wh- where these things came from originally. Um, mm. They're wonderful. All, all four are absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Um, so yeah, great job. Thank And thank you for sharing them with us. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Sharing, sharing your um, uh, your thoughts about our whiskey uh, with, with me. You're listening to the Whiskey and Things podcast. The full uncut video of that interview with Yes will be available to our patrons on our Patreon page, no less, uh, which you can find at www.patreon.com forward slash whiskey and things. What a couplet that was. I got through it quite well. Did I? (laughs) That that was incredible. Our full interview with Yes will be on our website, no less. (laughs) You didn't even know you did it, did you? I'm a poet. I don't even know. (laughs) Old school. (laughs) I got that from Joe. Thoroughly enjoyed that, mate. Yeah, I thoroughly, <sighs> thoroughly enjoyed that. Good what can job. I say? Wasted, <clears throat> wasted. Um, yeah, and I'll put some links to Moscard over on our socials. Um, I looked at the website, moscardwhiskey.com 
DK. Um, I couldn't find the English translation button. So if what, you know, what, what browser were you using, Nick? Huh? What I was, browser? I was using, I was using Safari. Oh. Funnily enough, I'll try on uh, some of the more some of the more reliable ones. But there should be a button on all of them. Um, but um, I'll also put their Instagram and Facebook up. They're in English, kind of some of them. Anyway, you know, look at the description. Uh, Nick, I didn't ask. I think we got distracted. How much is a bottle of those things? You said you were going to tell me, and then you didn't. I know, I know. I thought I'd do it now, because it's a regional thing. I'm sure you knew, but uh, anyway. The first one was a port wine. That was fifty nine ninety five for a 50 CL. That was a master of malt. Um, the second one you had was the PX cask. Again, 50 CL, fifty nine ninety five also. Third one, Oloroso. So I just said fifty eight ninety five, and I couldn't find the peated on Master Malt. I probably could have looked further, but I, I, I didn't. But they're out there. They're around 60 quid a bottle for a 50 I can't CL. believe how good value that is. Yeah, they're really nice, aren't they? And uh, from, you know, it's such a lovely, intimate operation they've got going on there. Um, from what I saw from the, uh, the online tour and uh, tasting I did the other day. It's such a nice little operation. So, uh, yeah, the love and craft he's putting into it. Oh, fantastic. absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's a real passion for him, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Loved that interview. Loved the whiskey. Uh, Learned a lot. Everything you want from a guest, isn't it? Yeah, ticked all the boxes. I can't, I can't get over those whiskeys, Nick. And especially at those prices. Yeah. It's just Amazing. nice. And they're organic. CO2 neutral as well in their production. Zero waste, all that kind of thing. So, you know, they're ticking all, ticking all the boxes. They're yeah. ticking all the boxes. Fantastic. All right, mate. Let's, uh, let's move on, shall we? Sure. Sting me. Whiskey? Mate, I got a funny any other business for you, which is also... Hey, Dave, you got any other business? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's also whiskey related. I think you're going to enjoy this. I think this might make you laugh. I may okay. have just prepared... Uh, I, 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 yeah. Gone yeah, and bigged well, it up too much now, haven't I? Well, I don't know. I haven't bigged up too much. I wouldn't go any further. Let's put it that way. Okay. My mother very kindly got me and my brother... While we're doing rhymes, yeah. <laughs> a whiskey advent calendar. Oh, yeah. We both got the same one. Oh, yeah. Day two was the woodsman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did your brother say? Is this what we're, this is where we're going? Your brother usually has some fun things to say, Stephen Giles. So Steve, Steve is intending on doing tasting notes every day and sending them to me I, I've yet to, to do it so sheep dip was day one um, Christmas cake on the nose he says smooth easy antiseptic sweet sounds like me day two woodsman on the nose <laughs> smelly feet <laughs> wow and dark cherries okay but then wow delicious like a strong white wine thoroughly drinkable Oaky with a slight hint of smoke. Now, I'm going to caveat that. My brother's not a massive spirit drinker or, or whiskey drinker. And we said at the time that we felt that this actually probably was a really good gateway whiskey. Yeah. As much as I was annoyed with the marketing, really, we did say it was easy to drink. We did say uh, that for beginners into it, it's probably a good thing. Our, our comments were we didn't think it for the price. It was amazing. It was no. all right. But it was just meh. It's fine. We we were just meh by it. But then it's meh. I'm not sure if that was because we were tainted by the fact I hated the uh, 
the the marketing stuff. The marketing so much. Yeah. But it did matter when 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 I got that message, I was like, of course you love the woodsman, don't you? Of course you do. Well, he didn't say he loved it, but you know. Hey, I'd say a- wow, delicious is is strong word in there, Nick. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Delicious. I'll, I'll, the one which came out for me was the smelly feet. But, yeah, uh, that was on the nose though. But when it, once he then tasted it. Yeah, there we go. I'd still say if you're going for a white Mackay, buy the uh, Shackleton. It's just uh, it's well, around the same was, price. And that it's, was the it's next lovely. day and he's not yet oh. had it yet. Oh, okay. So See, what I, he thinks of the Shackleton. Well, I didn't want to say to him, if you like that, you're going to love tomorrow. Yeah. like or Not that I'd opened it, but when I then opened my window and got the Shackleton, I was like, oh, I think he's going to love that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we've got that to look forward to. Um, which advent calendar have you received, Dave? It's one. Uh, it's just a, the standard Master of Malt whiskey. Master of Malt one. Yeah. yeah. Drinks yeah, by the Dram, rather. Oh, yes, yes. Which yes, is yes. the same company, isn't it? But it's not uh, It's not the boutique one. Or yeah. They've got, they had some premium ones, and it's just, uh, just a standard yeah. whiskey. I didn't get one because, well, it was December already. I'm not going to just buy one because of the sake of it. Suddenly, it was, I saw some people posting advent calendar stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's December. <laughs> I said last year, I'll get one. I haven't. But yeah. there we go. But yeah, I haven't had an opportunity to sit down and have any of them yet. Oh, yeah, okay. We're day, day six and I feel like I'm wasting it. But I'm excited. I love having the little sample. Dram, drinks by the Dram sample bottles are just delightful, aren't they? Mm. Little wax seal. They're always lovely. I love it. Oh, so, I love a wax seal. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. So um, that was my only other business, mate. My yeah. brother loved Woodsman. Right, right, right. Are you going to ask me if I've got any other business? Oh, Nick, have you got any other business? I've got a little bit of business. Oh, bit I'll business. go and get a drink, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, I'm basically going to tell you the story of Woodsman and the history of the uh, story. No, um, Billy Abbott was talking about chocolate limes last week or the week oh, before. You di- did you? There was one packet left at the service stations, which I fill up at in Westrum before I drive back to Manchester every week from uh, London. So, yes, I picked up a packet of chocolate limes for the car. So good. I'm not impressed. Meh. Oh my God. What's Meh. wrong with you? They're not as Moorish as the sherbet lemons or the uh, rhubarb and custard. The only thing that stops me eating the rhubarb and custard is they get a bit like sandpaper in your mouth and you get a bit of a sore tongue because they are quite rough. But the chocolate limes, nah, nah I don't think it kind of... You're wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> I, they are the greatest. I'm, I'm with Billy. But on will this. I pick it out in a whiskey at some point? I may. Well, do. May, maybe. I've maybe. still got a load of them in my car, so I've got plenty of time to get them into my memory bank. Yes, you do. But yeah, yes, do. Billy, not into them. There we go. Anyway, that's my any other business. Outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> right then, I, Nick. I think the angels have had their share, mate. Yep. You've had yours tonight. I've had nothing. I definitely have. Mate. I've had nothing. I definitely have. But uh, there we go. Well, it makes a change. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. coming. <laughs> it's more like it. Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions. I remembered. You did. I took the note. I took the note on the chin, Nick. I took it on the chin. That's beautiful. Thanks. You're welcome.